Coming live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hey, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Um, we are excited tonight. We know track and field with our coaches, Richardson and Rucker. Let me welcome them to the show. I am Princess Cooper. Coach Richardson, how are you? There you, good there evening. you go, Coach. How you doing, how you doing tonight, Princess? <laughs> I'm doing good, sir. Um, technical right. error by me just then. Coach Rucker, no how worries. are you? <laughs> good evening and Happy New Year, Princess. How are you? That's right. Happy New Year. I, I don't think I've really talked to you all since then. Um, I just oh, yeah. asked Richardson how, how cold it was. It's 18 in South Carolina. We consider oh. that freezing here, gentlemen. What is it like there? <laughs> uh, we're, in the, we're in the 30s today, but uh, we had our, our teens and sub, uh, sub-team temperatures a couple of days ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Amazing for sure, that type of weather. Well, I'm excited tonight. Um, Coach Eric Warren will be with us for Caucus Valley High School and Coach Jason Russo, Haddonville Memorial High School. I want to welcome them into the show here just a moment. Uh, we'll open their mics there. Coach Russo, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. I can't wait to hear um, the, the interchange and the back and forth for sure between you all. Coach Warren, um, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you? Awesome. Doing really good. Really good. Coach Rucker, Coach Richardson, I turn it over to you guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you again, and Happy New Year, Princess. Uh, Coach Warren, Coach Russo, we're so, super excited to have you guys on the show. Uh, this segment is our uh, new kickoff season show for, we know, track and field for the indoor season. We're going to talk uh, indoor track and field. Uh, Coach Rucker, you want to welcome our guests before we get started? Yes, uh, it's nice to have both of you on, Eric and Jason. Uh, Coach Richardson and I were talking the other day that we met a couple of months ago, maybe, at a little uh, coach's roundtable slash lunch. And, you know, I remember meeting both of you guys. Well, Eric, I knew you from before, but Jason was my, you know, pleasure to meet you. And I'm very glad and excited to have you guys on tonight's show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I remember that. That that was a really nice lunch. That was a really nice get together. I, I I left that you know feeling very inspired and excited uh, to to be in the company of such great coaches. So I, I was I was thrilled to be a part of that. I think you're being a little bit too kind. We're just veteran guys, but it was fun. And and, and it's and as Coach Richardson always said, I, I think meeting with all kinds of guys, different ages, and different backgrounds, it's friendship and fellowship and talking about track and field, you know, cross-country, indoor track, how we can make the sport better, how we can help our kids, the kids that we coach. So that's what it's all about, you know, sharing knowledge and, and helping one another out. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for that insight, Coach Fucker. And uh, before we get into this real, real deep, guys, uh, I want to give our listeners an opportunity to get to know a little bit about you. Uh, so if you will, give us, like, uh, two or three minutes, and just give us a small intro uh, of yourselves. Eric, we'll start with you, and, and just tell us how how you guys started and and track and field, and how how where you are right now today. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, growing up, we didn't have like the track club or anything like that. They didn't really know much about the sport outside of the Olympics and watching it on TV. Um, but freshman year, you know, I went to Bronson City High School. And we're playing football, just like a lot of people, you know, they tell you, hey, you got to run track to stay in shape. So i never forget, you know, God rest his soul, Coach Sills, he uh, he grabbed me and said, hey, he knew my whole family. He was like, hey, Warren, you're uh, you're doing track. <laughs> so I go and uh, I do track and I instantly fall in love with it, you know, because it's an individual sport. You know, you get out of what you put into it. So you know, me just being fast and, you know, we used to run light pole to light pole. So just finally get to put it on the track and show <laughs> what I was able to do. So um, it became fun. I uh, then did it for a couple of years. And then my senior year, I had an opportunity to transfer to Willenboro. 
and it was like you know such a big deal for me i never forget uh you know with the history of willenborough track and field and you know actually getting around for coach richardson for the first time um i had my uniform on <laughs> the night before our first meeting we went to connecticut uh three-hour drive you know up to connecticut on the bus and i remember having my uniform on the night before looking in the mirror like man i'm running for willenborough <laughs> this is a big deal um and then you know kind of kept on in, you know, actually started coaching at Rank Coaches Valley in 2013. This is my 12th year coaching. Makes me feel really old. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just kind of been there for 13 years, I mean, 12 years, and it's, you know, just been pretty fun. So that's how I got started in the sport. Started coaching um, Coach Duranin, who recently retired. Uh, he gave me my first start as a coach. All right. Jason? So I, I have a very different different story. Uh came to Glassboro High School in my uh, my freshman year of high school and as a sophomore decided to to get involved. I think it was my sophomore year ran cross country cuz I was a kid who liked the I was the one kid who liked running the mile during the presidential fitness test. So uh you know, I, I ended up doing cross country under uh, coach Boswick and, and coach Kevin Timbers. Um and uh, man, I was terrible. Uh, but we had a small team, and and they were gracious and and uh, supportive. And uh, you know, I stuck it out for a couple seasons. But I, I had a you know, I had a tough. I was I was a tough high schooler growing up. You know, I had I had my own issues that I had to deal with, and didn't end up sticking with it. Uh, you know, left left cross country, left track and field. Even though I enjoyed running, you know, and, and kept running my whole life. Um, came back and you know my uh, my second year of teaching, 2001 gentleman by the name of Charlie Musumeci said, oh, why don't you come help me uh, coach cross country? I was at Cherry Hill East. So I went out for cross country and I, I you know, fell back in love with, in a different way that, that than I had ever seen it as an athlete. Uh, you know, and, and believe it or not, I've been coaching ever since. Uh, you know, I was six years at Cherry Hill East and uh, then went over to Haddonfield had the uh, opportunity to coach while at East with with Charlie Musumeci and, and Matt Cieslik. Um Matt introduced me to uh, to Nick Baker, uh, who was the role model, you know, everything for me with regards to uh, track and field cross country. Um, and uh, Nick gave me a shot over at Haddonfield. And, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm still at Haddonfield as a teacher, a coach, uh, coach indoor, outdoor, kind of a journeyman. I go, I go wherever's needed. But pretty much coaching the distance kids uh, and pretty much the the, the women uh, for the last twenty twenty three years. That's amazing, guys. Thank you for your uh, your brief journey into how you got into uh, coaching track and field. And uh, I thank you guys for submitting your your bios too, which were very impressive uh, in their own right. And that that leads me to my next question. I'll start with you, Coach uh, Russo. Uh, how important or what is your planning uh what what are your steps to planning prior to the indoor season uh when you have your indoor meeting uh and then from the first day of practice up until uh you get to your championship part of your season how does your planning process look like that i think that that the planning has to start with establishing a a program and a relationship with your coaches you know, um, and just making sure that you have all of the events covered. Everybody's got everyone on the staff has a purpose, uh, and and you all have a good relationship with each other, a working relationship with each other, and trust among each other. You know, I, I'm a distance coach. I'm not I'm not worried about what the sprint coaches are doing at practice. They got their thing. I, you know, I'm not. I'm interested in the kids. I love watching the kids. You know, every once in a while I ask, why are you doing that? But I'm not worried <laughs> about coaching those kids. That They're getting coached by the sprint coach, who I think is, is incredible. Uh, and having that trust and having that relationship with your other coaches, I think, is, is so important, especially in track and field. You can't do it all, in my opinion. I know I couldn't. Uh, anybody who can is, is really incredible, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so having that those coaches in place first and foremost and then uh, sitting down with those coaches and, and kind of talking about you know what you think uh how you think your athletes coming back will fill the events 
And uh, and Coach Baker taught me, you know, trying to find the events where you knew you were going to be weak before the season even started, trying to find the places where we'll have a hole here, creatively trying to figure out, A, do we have athletes that we think might fill that hole to begin with? On day one, we could start talking to them about it. And, B, if we don't, how will we make sure, you know, within our events that we immediately address those holes and try to find kids that will fill those holes? So before the season starts, before we've even seen the kids, you know, those are those are things that that we're doing uh, on 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 our track team. All right, Coach Warren, same question to you. How do you prepare uh, before your indoor season from your initial meeting moving forward, and uh, and once the season gets started, how do you kind of start your season with the planning? Well, first thing I do is pray. Uh, you know, I know we're different small schools and uh, large schools, but uh, when I see 150 to 200 kids signed up, I just sit down and pray and just figure out how we're going to do it <laughs> before anything. Uh, yeah, but, you know, we've been fortunate to have, a you know, a lot of kids sign up, and, you know, I've helped run both boys' and girls' teams now. So, you know, the first thing I see is, you know, how many people are signed up on Genesis and things like that. So we'll have, like, 200 kids. And then, you know, I make sure I get in touch with my uh, assistant coaches, and we just do a big meeting. So I'm very, you know, like uh, driven by just, like, using Google Forms. I'm just, like, really into using computers and things like that. So um, we just have a big meeting. I go, I put everything on a board. And just like anything, I try to get as many coaches as possible. I'm not a fan of having, you know, you know, the old school style pretty much like where coaches coach pole vault, sprints, throws, like you're just doing so much. So I just try to get as many coaches so we get good coaches in position so every kid has somebody. Um, and that's like the big thing for me because I believe every kid needs somebody. They're not, every kid's not going to like me. Every kid's not going to like my assistant coaches. But every kid needs to go to somebody. So we just sit down. We have a meeting. Um, I pretty much know what workouts I'm going to do for the year because I keep a journal on every, you know, every season I've coached. So I usually just kind of already know the workouts. We sit down, we have, we talk about goals for the season, what meets we want to make sure we're running well at, what, you know, what we want at the end of the season. And that's pretty much how we start our year. That's very, that's very interesting. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of planning and, and uh, planning for the season. And then, you know, also asterisk meet that we want to be aggressive at. Uh, Coach Rucker, you have questions for our guests? Yeah, I, I, I do. Um, for both of you guys, I like the way you start your season now. That, you know, you're, you know, Eric, you're praying, and you and Jason, you're looking at establishing a good relationship with your coaches and looking at your strengths and weaknesses. But, but I, my question, I guess I'm approaching it from this perspective. I know some programs kind of operate where cross-country, indoor slash winter track, and spring work together. And I know some where cross-country is specifically cross-country. Winter track is specifically winter track, and it's spring is spring. How do you guys approach that? Do you work it as one long season, or do you, you know, break it up into three seasons? How do you guys deal with that? Uh, you <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, yeah, I, I have a distance perspective, so I know that's a little different than, than where a sprinter comes in. Um, but I look at, from distance perspective, you know, cross country is, is a major season, you know, uh, and summer is the buildup for cross country. Um, during the winter season, you know, we remain very competitive, and, and our athletes – are asked to race, uh, you know, the state relays and, and sectional state meet, you know, we're looking for athletes to compete. And and I try to get them as fast as I can. But at the same time, I focus with my athletes on building for the spring, on on trying to get as strong as they can over the course of the winter by getting in some longer workouts and some longer runs and, and picking up some volume, filling up the gas tank with, with some fuel, so that when the spring rolls around and they're racing more often um, and there's less time to get in all of that work, 
they've done the work over the winter to get them through the spring. So just like a lot of coaches will use the summer as a buildup for the fall cross-country season, mm-hmm. I like to use the winter as a buildup for the spring track and field season. Um, you know, we have a lot of a lot of faces in our program that are there for multiple seasons. You know, our indoor track and field coaches are our outdoor track and field coaches, and our, our cross-country coaches are involved in both indoor and outdoor. Uh, so there's a lot of consistency in in the coaching staff, and, you know, the athletes get to see the same coaches season in and season out. And, and in some ways that could be a bad thing if, if they, like Coach Warren said, there are some athletes I'm sure that, that say, oh, man, Coach Russo again. Uh, but the good thing is that they, they get the consistency out of me and they know they know what they're coming to each season. And it's not completely changing, you know, you're not reinventing the wheel every season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how we approach the different seasons. I, I hope that answered your question, Coach Rucker. Oh, a- a- absolutely. And one of the reasons why I asked is because if you talk about Haddonfield, and for people who know anything about New Jersey track and field and uh, particularly distance running, Haddonfield High School is known for outstanding distance runners and then having an outstanding cross-country program. But, however, <laughs> during the wintertime, it's just as competitive as during cross-country. And, you know, I'm definitely aware of, of the uh, tradition that Haddonfield, you know, has established over the past 30-plus years. And, you know, you mentioned uh, Nick Baker and Mike Bustarillo and Mrs. Baker. That crew coaches, and I'm sure I'm missing other names, has always done a tremendous job. And that's why I asked that question. Cause I, but I've also noticed some, some teams or some coaches kind of back off during the wintertime. And I was just curious, you know, how you guys approached it. And obviously the way you guys approached it was very, very successful. And I admire the way you guys approach uh, all the track and field across country and winter track. Yeah. Thank you. Coach, Coach, Warren, you wanna, Coach Warren, do you want to chime in on that? Or do you have any thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, yeah. So mines will be a little different in Coach Russo mm-hmm. just because, you know, the sprinter mindset. So I don't do cross country. Um, so I see my kids, you know, when we get to indoor season. So I kind of look at indoor season as like a necessary evil to build up for a spring track where, you know, majority of your times and, you know, fast times and things like that are going to happen in the spring. So I'm mainly building up during the winter season. Um, just recently, like last year, I changed my mindset on training where before I would do, you know, what would be considered a long to short method, which is pretty much built, you know, basically building up a base, and which is like traditionally what most high schools would do. And to like last year, I kind of started because I had a bunch of, you know, I saw that I had a lot of young kids in our program and not so much seniors. I think we only graduated maybe two seniors last year, two, three seniors. So I was like, man, this is the time that like, if I want to change something, this is the time to do it. So I kind of went to the short to long method which is, you know, more like the modern approach to what more coaches and young coaches are doing nowadays. And, you know, just kind of building up on your speed and just kind of the whole quality over quantity thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we all know, like, when we were younger, running a whole, like, 15200s, you know, 2200s, whatever it is in practice. And, you know, we did it, but that's what our generation was able to handle. These kids nowadays, you know, they're just speed, 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 looking at YouTube. That's all the videos they they see is, like, people doing speed, speed. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, last year I changed it and, you know, was able to keep the kids more healthy last year, which was a big thing. And uh, and in the spring, kind of, you know, build it up from speed, and then we went to the longer method, started doing more longer things. And like I said, just kept the quality and the workouts nowadays, and it actually, you know, it's helped out a big time. That's good. That's good insight, Eric. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, I want to I want to kind of back up a little bit. I know uh, Coach Warren mentioned it about you know having a large school with the enrollment being so high, and I know Coach Russo, you're in a uh, small school, enrollment's not as high. Uh, I have a question for you guys. So, and both of you guys are coaching girls, and just for our listeners uh, in New Jersey, we have indoor track, and there might be some listeners who do not have indoor track in your in your school at the time. So. Uh, you're on the northeast here. We do have indoor track. 
and we have groups uh, by schools enrollment. You know, a, a small school with the enrollment of less than a thousand might be a group one, and a large school with over two thousand will be a group four school. So, I know that both of you are coaching girls programs. Um, Coach Warren, I'm going to start with you first. Being in a group four school, what's your mindset whenever you have to run against the smaller uh, group schools? Are you uh, of the mindset, you know, uh, don't let these small schools, you know, beat us? You know, we're a group four school. We should be dominating these kids. Uh, what's what's your mindset and mentality uh, going towards the smaller schools versus the larger schools on a weekly basis? Um, my mindset doesn't change. Um, a lot of these small schools are dominating the big schools. <laughs> you know, if you have talent, it's gonna. Ma- it doesn't matter if it's small school or big school. You know, you still have you know what's necessary to win meets. Um, you know, look at Haddonfield, their group too, right? And mm-hmm. they dominate in their group, and they go to MOCs and things like that. And they're they're doing well at that, doing well there. Doesn't matter if you're group four or group two or group one. I mean, we have state champions, meet the champions winners that come from small schools. Um, so I don't really – I never even look at it as being a small school, big school thing. only time I think it kind of comes into play is in dual meets in the spring season just because of the death of large schools. But even then, sometimes that doesn't matter either. And, uh, Coach Russo, I know uh, – would you use that being in a small school – uh, is that a motivating factor for you when you go up against the bigger schools, or are you are you just like Coach Warren? It's about you know your your kids' ability to compete and and go out there and, and compete regardless of the size of the school. I I don't think our our message changes. Uh, I agree with Coach Warren. Now Haddonfield's very unique. I mean, if if you ever see what Coach Coach uh, Maureen and and Courtney Baker do with the middle school program, uh, if you ever have the opportunity to watch a a Haddonfield middle school cross country race you'll look at the line and see that there are like 200 middle schoolers lining up. I don't know how they run practice. I think I, I, I think they probably sympathize with what you said earlier, Coach Warren, with regards to praying before practice because 200 middle schoolers <laughs> is a completely different animal. Um, but, so, so knowing that we have so many kids exposed in middle school, you know, Coach Baker's started that where when we get to high school, we actually have over 70 girls on our roster for indoor. So we, mm-hmm. you know, we do have a smaller group to pull from, but we're getting a really big net of athletes. We're getting a lot of kids that are coming out, uh, and we we like to we like to compete with everyone. It doesn't matter if you're big mm-hmm. or small. You know, after the state relays, I I took the time. I looked at the other groups, and I just kind of I just kind of saw how would our times have have meshed in with the other groups, and how would we have done. You know, just taking our team and our time and put it in with the other groups, not changing anything. And, you know, I'm curious. I want to see that. I want to see how we compete with those big schools. So I I don't think the message changes at all. That's good coaching on your part. But uh, that that brings me to my next question. Um, You know, as coaches, we want to be competitive regardless of the group size. So you just mentioned you get 70 kids out for a cross-country program, which is Large at any track, level. Track, not cross country, not cross country. Cross country, okay, we get track. about thirty, but for track uh, that, and field, we get about seventy. That's still pretty large at any at any uh, group. Uh, how how do you manage, you know, with a, with being in a small school? But how do you manage the the number of kids that you have out there from year to year? Coach Eric, I'll start with you, and then I coach uh, Coach Russo. Yeah, uh, like I said, it's, you know, it's pretty major in the spring and, you know, for track for us at RV, because like I said, we have like 200 kids. You know, my last year, I think I had 130 girls, and I think I made a tweet that uh, was pretty funny. I uh, It was mainly for our administration at our school, because it was like, I have 130 girls out for track and field, which is 10% of our po- girl population in the school. I have like, I have 10% of the population that's out for track and field. So it was pretty, you know, pretty big. Um, and it's hard to manage. I remember, you know, a few years back as being uh, assistant coach, I had like 50, 60 sprinters that I'm dealing with. And then when we combined our programs, you know, with girls and boys, now I'm dealing with 100 and something kids. <laughs> that's just trying to be sprinters. So it was pretty difficult. So 
what I did was to help manage that and make sure kids are getting the attention that they need is I created a developmental program. So we have first years, kids that come out, um, you know, more of like a JV, you know, we kind of build them up to, you know, get to certain workouts and things like that. So when they come in, they, they're focusing on form, focusing on building, you know, strength, focus on, you know, learning the workout so that way they can handle certain things. So instead of forcing them and throwing them into the fire. Now, maybe if I was at a smaller school, I wouldn't be able to have the luxury of doing that. But now I have multiple coaches. I can kind of just, like, let them get the attention and let those coaches, like, deal with, you know, those kids that kind of help put them in meets. And, you know, because I can't see 100 and 130 kids. I don't right. – it's hard for me to even know all their names. You know, right. so now it's a position where, you know, every kid gets the attention, every kid's being built up, and you don't have to stay there. And it's kind of incentive, too. So – it's like, hey, if you want to get to this grouping where we have, like, tiers, like, we do a lot of tiering for our team. So it's like if you want to get to this tier, you know, you can kind of prove it. Go to the dual meet and do this, and you kind of move up to tier two. If you do this, you can move to tier one. So, you know, with performance and practice habits and showing up and attendance and all those things. Um, so we had to do those things just so we can manage because we have such a large program. And the fact that we are combined, you know, dealing with both boys and girls, it just makes it, you know, we have to learn how to deal with 250 kids, you know, yeah. compared to, like, yeah. 30, 40, 50, 60. Coach Russo? Yeah, it goes back to, you know, having having the coaches that, that you trust. And, and, you know, we've got we've got phenomenal, so many phenomenal coaches in Haddonfield uh, that are involved in the program, some paid, some voluntary. Uh, but just so many great people involved in Haddonfield, so that helps a lot. Um, but then we also have, you know, I, I think you also have to rely on your athletes. Um, you know, I have about 20 to 30 distance girls every day, and within those 20 to 30, they're they're divided up into groups. They, they you know, have their own groups of kind of ability, and I have one, one or more athletes in each group that I can look at as, you know, not even necessarily a captain because we haven't really, we there are some seasons we don't really name captains, but we have these seniors that we kind of know they're in charge and they've taken ownership of that group. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, they, they go out and you kind of talk to them before the group goes out. They come back, you check in with them, you know, when the group comes back and, and they'll let you know, check on this kid or, or this kid fell off a little bit. Um, or, you know, they might be that person for the younger athletes to, to go and check in with you know, and then they direct them to having those incredible coaches that we have helps, but also having some incredible athletes and, and kids that really take ownership of the sport and the team. They value the team. They, they, they take care of their teammates. Having athletes like that is, is so tremendously helpful. Coach Rucker? Yeah, I, gentlemen, I, I, I'm listening and shaking my head. But I'm, I'm loving and enjoying your answers. I, I think they're excellent. And for people who may not know much about myself, um, I've been involved in track and field for over 40 years, and 25 of those years was a coach. And then I guess I was – I had the experience, and I was fortunate enough for most of my career to work at a big school. But I coached track at Maple Shade for one year. And Maple Shade is a group one or a small school – where we might have had 25 kids come out, and I'm talking spring track, and they didn't have an indoor track. And after coaching that one year at Maple Shade, I moved out to Lenape, which was a big school. It really taught me a lot. And, and the, but the one thing I learned about Maple Shade and from the small schools, you want to have good kids, and, and the kids are very tough and very respectful. And Coach Russo, I, you know, I can respect some of the things you have to deal with. Because those kids at the small school have to be able to do two, three, two and three, four events. But I admire the way you guys handle it. Eric, from your perspective, I've never worked with the big numbers you've talked about. But Coach Roger, I've worked, you know, on the small school level. So I definitely admire what you guys do. But but I do have I have another question. Um, you know, we're talking about winter track, indoor track. You know, we all live in the Northeast. Just this week, we had snow anywhere from, what, four to six inches. 
Where do you guys train? How do you handle training? Do you run inside your building? Do you go outside every day? How do you guys do that? How do you handle it? How do you prepare for a snowy day or a real cold day when the wind chill factor, you know, could make it feel like it's below, you know, 18, 19 degrees? How do you prepare your kids for training with the inclement weather that we find in the Northeast around this time of year? I, I think, well, you know, oh, go ahead. Coach Russo? Yeah, Coach Warren. Okay. Uh, I, I think one of the biggest things that, that I do is I make sure I'm prepared. I'm thinking all day long about mm-hmm. what what will we do today? What can we do today? So I have, you know, I, I have my goals for the week of what I want to try to achieve each day. And obviously sometimes you got to kind of mix them up based on the weather. Um, you know, even this past week, you know, there was a day where I was kind of, I was touching base with our, uh, our weight, our strength and uh, conditioning coach and uh, trying to see what kind of availability he had. Um, you know, there was, there was one day where it was so slick outside. I knew like we were going to work out on a treadmill or we were not going to work out. And we have six treadmills in our, in our weight room. And I've got, you know, as I said before, I've got 25 kids. So I had to, I had to try to be creative about how can we get a, a workout in on that treadmill. And then of course, you know, the sprints coaches and the other distance coach uh, for the men is saying, Oh, I want to get on the treadmill first. Uh, You know, so, so we all kind of have to, it's tough, you know, it is tough. Um, But there are some days where, you know, we got that workout in on the treadmill. And I said to the athletes afterwards, I said, okay, we got really good work in, you know, now tomorrow, I, I don't know, if it's going to make sense for us to come in or not, how many of us have access to treadmills at home, you know, and, and mm-hmm. there's another option of, of getting in their long run at home or going to the gym on their own. You know, uh, we lifted and then uh, the next day we lifted and then kind of dismissed them. So we do have those opportunities in Haddonfield and that's, that's great. That makes life easier because not only does it make it uh easier for us but it also makes it easier for the sprint coach that now those those treadmills are freed up so that they could do some work on them if they choose to uh i do not have my efforts run inside um you know it just for a variety of reasons i don't think it's a good idea for them to be running through the hallways so we do not do that um just the other day we found a parking lot that had been uh cleared out really well and we were able to get to that parking lot safely so uh so we did some some 30 second you know runs in that parking lot as our workout. Mm-hmm. So, you know, doing the best we can with regards to work when we can and uh you know knowing days like like yesterday morning I I touched base with my athletes. I said, you know, get on your treadmill or or uh you know when you feel like it's safer outside to get out and get your running, go ahead and do it. Uh but we're we're not going to meet today. And again, going back to, I've got incredible kids that take ownership of their training and ownership of the program, and I know that they're going to do it. And I know that that is a luxury that I have, is that I have kids that, that value the training and will do it without us meeting. So, you know, being able to do those things, those are those are some of the things we do. I like that. And, and obviously that that's a credit to you and your staff, that the kids feel that way about it. You know that they they know they they accept responsibility for doing a few things on their own. So I like it. I like it, Coach Warren. How do you, how do you handle the, the, the training regimen with the weather in the Northeast? Um, yeah. For the last three years, I forgot what it was what it was like to coach uh, <laughs> in cold weather. <laughs> we've been so fortunate with this uh, mild winter that we've been having. Uh, but you know me, like I'm always at the mercy of our great athletic trainers at Rankin's Valley, Mr. McHugh and Ms. O. Um, we're in, con- you know, com- constant communication, talking about, you know, the wet bulb and everything like that. People don't know what the wet bulb is. It's what tells you what the temperature, the reading of the air or something like that, and it tells you how much time you're allowed to spend outside, how, you know, how much time you're, you have to go inside, and our athletic trainers follow that to the T. So, uh, we're in constant communication with them about that. Um, I'm not a fan of running inside, but I know it's something that, you know, we have to do if it's either that or not practice. 
So, you know, with the large number that we have for kids and different event groups. So my mindset, and I hate the cold, so if, if I'm cold, I know the kids are freezing. So that's my cue to go inside. Um, mm-hmm. So I always say that, you know, if we're going to be inside, I'd rather be inside. I don't want to go run on a track one day, the next day we're inside and back on the track because I'm so scared mm-hmm. of shin for kids. So I just rather be outside or inside. So if, even if it's, you know, a little cold outside, I have them do recovery inside. So I just kind of split the genders. I'll have one kid, you know, the boys run on the track while the girls are inside. And as soon as the boys are done their rep, go inside, and I'll have the girls come out. And we kind of flip-flop on that. If it's just a little, you know, if it's cold, a little colder than my liking, I'll sit outside and I'll deal with it. Um, but if we're inside, luckily we have a very large building, so we can do hurdles downstairs. We can do sprints upstairs. We can do distance mm-hmm. in a D-wing. <laughs> so, you know, all our event groups are, like, kind of covered. Throwers can go over to the weight room. So we kind of have a large area for everybody to get their work in. Um, but, again, I am not <laughs> a coach that loves running in the hallways. You know, we make it work. We have a long hallway that's more than 100 meters. So we kind of have those things mapped out, and we can get our work in. But, again, I just don't, I'm not a fan of running fast and all those things inside. Just I've seen, you know, people trying to turn corners and get hurt. You know, he's had a girl a few, <laughs> a few weeks ago who, you know, she just couldn't turn corners for anything. Every time she turned the corner, she fell. So it was just, you know, it was pretty tough. Um, so, like I said, I'm a fan. i just rather be outside, which, you know, we've been fortunate enough the last three years. But, you know, luckily now we have snow, so now we got to, you know, adjust. Eric, do you ever go outside running in the parking lots like Coach Russo at that RV? Did you guys do that sometimes? I am, I've never run in a parking lot. Um, we kind of just, you know, we're either inside, you know, kind of adjust. Like like he said, like, you know, we'll go use the weight room. Um, mm-hmm. We use a lot of stair workouts, the circuit training, things like that when it's cold. But, uh, no, I have not used a parking lot. <laughs> okay. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was wondering, again, I used to use the stairs inside as well because, you know, you're limited in what you can do in the cold weather. And we used to get some nice workouts in on the stairs. You know, we would run every step, hop a step, two-leg hop, all kinds of different things to make it work because you have to be creative. And I'm sure both you guys are extremely creative because that's how you survive. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why I think I'm pretty sure why you guys' programs are very successful because you are creative coaches. Because it's, you know, it's not easy sometimes with the weather. And, the, you know, the last week is a perfect example. You know, what do you do? And you just do what you have to do to keep your kids uh, active and, and at the same time making sure that you don't hurt them. But I'm impressed with what you guys do. All right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's that's good stuff, guys. I appreciate your uh, your comments on that. Um, I want to move into another different direction just for before time gets too too far away from us. But I know you guys just finished up your your relay championships here in New Jersey, where every uh, there's a different event and all the teams run a different uh, group relay championship. And uh, congratulations to you, Coach Russo, and your team winning the uh, Group Two State Relay Championship. Um, I, my question is though, uh, at the beginning of your season when you plan. Uh, is this a meet that you circle that you, you, you plan to do well in each year or you want to be competitive? Uh, and if so, how do you how do you get your team ready for the relay championship? I'll start with you, Coach Warren. Yeah, for me, um, I'm not – I think that's the hardest meet to win in, tra- like in the season for New Jersey team. Um, the state relay is, like, extremely hard. You have to have – everything go right. So, you know, congratulations to Coach Russo and being able to do that because you cover, you have to cover every event. And I think that's, you know, and for smaller schools, it may be different than large, but for large schools, you have such great distance schools who are going to still, you know, get all the points in distance. Then you have really good sprint schools who are going to get all the points in sprints. Then you have some really good field teams who are going to get all the points there. So it's very rare that you have a team that's going to be able to score everywhere. So that's why I think for group four, it's always extremely hard. You know, you got the Cherokees and the Tons of the North of the world 
um, taking all the points in distance. So to see, like, a team this year, like Washington Township, was they just that was a dominant performance that they put out where they were able to, you know, score a little bit everywhere. Um, so it's for me, it's always, like, you know, kind of it's hard to go for that meet. So it's kind of like just pick a couple events and, you know, hey, let's try to get a state champion somewhere. And it's a couple of these events, but not let's try to, you know, and the order of events I think is pretty tough as well. So for, you know, a lot of sprint kids, you know, you got to kind of go back to back to back. You know, you're going to run the 4 by 2 the 4 by 4 and sprint medals, events back to back to back. And it's, you know, for the same five kids, it's kind of tough putting them through all that with not a lot of recovery. So I typically don't try to go for that meet. Um, we've had state champions in a couple of events there and just kind of just pick those, let those kids enjoy that and uh, kind of just build for a championship season after the state relay portion. Okay. You know, I, I also look at that meet as a, uh, a total team victory, as you uh, so explained there, how you've you got to be balanced in just about every event and score just about, you know, at every event if you can uh, to win that team title. Coach Russo, how about your uh, – what's your thoughts on that uh, when you're planning the beginning of the season? Is that a, a meet you circle on your calendar? So, you know, I mentioned that, that the coaches sit down and, and have a conversation amongst each other, and, and we always have opinions about what the team can do. But we, those, those opinions are only opinions until uh, we have at the beginning of our season – and this is this is cross country, indoor, outdoor track. Every program that I'm involved in, um, we have a meeting where we bring in all of our athletes, and we sit down and we talk about motivation, and we talk about you know uh, goals, and we talk about the athlete setting setting individual goals that will keep them motivated uh, to work hard over the course of the season. And then we kind of, we, we talk a little bit, we say, you know, but it's, you know, the beauty of track and field is that it is very individual, but there's also team, you know, team goals. And uh, we, uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago, we put the seniors up, up front and we said, you know, we're going to have your seniors talk about the next part of the meeting of what are your, what do you want this team to do? I said, and this is your team. This is your team. We are coaches. Our goal is just to try to help guide you to achieve your goals. We leave the room. As coaches, we leave the room. We hang out in the hallway, and we clean up the room after the kids are done. And our seniors, uh, our seniors lead that part of the meeting, and they write stuff on the board, and uh, they write their goals, their team goals on the board, and they have all kinds of fun stuff. But they do, at the same time, pick which meets they want to do well at. Um, and, you know, fortunately we have such a, uh, a program with such history that our seniors have been around for a couple of years. So they understand the sport and they understand different things that the team can accomplish. You know, it's only after that meeting, when we as coaches go in, we look at the whiteboard and we say, okay, this is what this team wants to do. That's when we kind of look and say, okay, this is a team that wants to win the state relays. Now, how can we get them there? Um, so, you know, while we have our own opinion, I, I really firmly believe if the athletes don't own it, if they don't believe that they can do it, we can talk to them till we're blue in the face, but it's, mm -hmm. it's our opinion. It's what we want. It has to be what they want. If they're not a hundred percent bought in and if it's not something they want to do, then they won't do it. Um, so once, once they decided, you know, this is something that we want to do, we as coaches sat down and said, okay, you know, what do we have to do to get them there? You know, the, the state relays are hard. I, I totally agree. The timing of the meet mm -hmm. is crazy. The mi middle of the season. And, <laughs> you know, you, you do have to be, you know, a well-rounded team. Fortunately for us in group two, I'll be very honest, it is so different than competing in a group four meet. So different, you know. <laughs> and you could see it by the number of points it takes to win the group four meet is probably like 30 to 40. In the group two meet, yep. you need 50 <laughs> points, in my opinion. You 50 points, and, and you're in you're in good company. So that right there mm -hmm. tells you, you know, it's a different it's a different because it's a different pool of athletes. You know, you got much less kids. Um, right. But but what I love about the relays is I love 
you know, the fact that they are not individual. They are not just – you're not counting on an athlete, a kid, to go out and do it on their own. Sometimes we're very lucky. We get these studs that can go out and put the team on their back and run a leg and, and bring you back from, you know, dead last. And you go, oh, my God. You know, but that doesn't happen often. You know, so mm-hmm. a lot of times what you need is you need you need several good kids that are good on their own but together are just something incredible. And that's what I love about the relays is that you get these kids, good, hardworking kids that care about their event. You put them together and you just watch them become something greater. And and I, I love that. that. There's no cooler feeling than watching a group of athletes achieve something together like that. Outstanding. Uh, thanks for your answers, guys. I, I really appreciate that. Um, and I, yeah, it is, it is very difficult at the group four level to win it as, uh, myself and coach Rucker and coach Warren can attest to. Uh, but again, it, it, for me, it was always a challenge to go out there and, and say, Hey, run for your teammates, run together, win together, and you raise a trophy together as a team. If you go out there and accomplish your goals. So that was our, that was uh, their motivation and my way of saying, hey, let's get it done. Uh, Coach Rucker, Coach Richardson, I, again, I'm shaking my head. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Now you, you know, accept it and had my kids accept it as a challenge. Yeah. We want to go out there and compete. And, and one of the things I sometimes wonder, and Coach Richardson, you know, I talk about this a lot. You know, you go with your strengths, you know, whatever they may be. It could be distance. It could be the jumps. It could be sprints. If you go with your strengths and in the areas where you're weak in, you try to see if you can steal a point or two. Maybe you're, you don't have great hurdlers, but in the shuttle hurdle relays, the scoring's from one to six. If you can pick up a fifth or six, you know, it's maybe a point or two, but that extra point or two that you pick up on the lower end may help you win that state relay tie. Right. And you know, we always went after it, if, you know, if we could, if we thought we were strong enough. But picking up that fifth place in the distance medley, picking up a point in the four by eight, and then going with your strong events, and you had a shot. But 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 it's fun, you know, and, and it is it is competitive. But but it's fun, and and I think Coach Russo and, and and Coach Warren both said it. I like the whole aspect that it's still a team. You know, track is individual, but it's also team, and I like the idea of the team. Coming together, you know, having four kids in a relay, having two kids in a, you know, a high jump relay or a long jump relay, it's a team sport. And it's just nice to see the kids compete. I really like that approach. All right. Uh, so we're getting winding down here. I want to save some time for you guys to have uh, your final comments, but I have one more question uh, for both of you. I know, like we talked about earlier, it's cold and you don't like going outside in the cold, and sometimes you got to get your kids motivated to run in the cold, even though uh, the temperatures may be adverse. But, you know, the only, they're only way you can train, and you don't like running indoors, is to run outside. Uh, how do you get your kids motivated daily uh, to run in the Northeast, especially when the days are, are, are cold and, and windy, uh, maybe, maybe even rainy at some point? Uh, mm-hmm. Coach Russo? Yeah, so that goes back to that conversation, right, the, the, the sitting at the beginning of the season and talking to the athletes about, you know, why are you here? Why are you in this room? Why are you a member of the track and field team? And it could be something as simple as, you know, I want to I want to go for a five-mile run without stopping or I want to run with this group in a workout or I want to I want to break five minutes in a mile. Why are you here? And is that reason important enough to – help you do things that you're not always going to want to do, like run outside. You know, so so that's the first thing is kind of establishing that from the start of, you know, what is your why? And then after that, I just think, you know, trying to bring the energy and bring the fun. You know, of the three seasons, winter track is my least favorite. It is. It's, it's cold. <laughs> it's dark. It's, you know, uh, the, some of those indoor facilities are not ideal to be in let alone compete in for long periods right. of time. Uh, you know, but I still try to, as much as I can, bring energy to practice. I enjoy being with the kids, so I, let, I right. show them that I'm enjoying it, you know. And um, at the same time, you know, just, just letting them know how much I, 
I appreciate them being there and working hard and, you know, doing things that they don't always want to do. There was a day, uh, there was a day last week where it was raining out and, uh, the young ladies I was coaching, we were, we were the only group that were working out on the track. And I, I, I looked at them and I said, you know, you girls are incredible. You, you are, and you know, they were, they just had the biggest smiles on their face, just knowing, you know, how much, just with me explaining to them how appreciative I was of them going out and working anyway, even though the conditions were not ideal. So, you know, just trying to bring that energy and, and again, reminding them of, of what's motivating them. What's, what, why are they there every day doing these things that, that are really hard? All right. Coach Warren? Yeah, kind of just like Coach Russo said, it's just kind of the culture that you build. Um, if you have the culture build, kids don't, you know, they're not going to complain as much. They're always going to say, oh, it's too cold. Or, oh, we got to do this. But it's just bringing competition in practice. You know, I do a lot of in-between during recovery. I'll, like, go and just joke with the kids. You know, we'll crack jokes on each other and just make it a fun environment. So, you know, they're not thinking of it as much. You know, again, I hate the cold. So I don't like being out there, so I know they don't like being out there. So we just make it a fun environment where you can practice, you know, but when it's time to, you know, compete and do your reps and everything, you know, we go at it. But, you know, if you make it fun, you have the culture built, you know, you're not going to really have, you know, the complaints as a team that doesn't have the culture where, you know, they're crying and they're upset and things like that, that you're going to be outside. But if we just have that culture, then the kids are going to, you know, they're not going to mind it as much, and they're just going to go to work. Totally agree with you guys on that. I have hey, uh, a, 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 Coach Rucker and I, we, we talk. Go ahead, Coach Rucker. I, I think we're – I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, okay. How did you motivate your kids <laughs> with the bad weather? Tell them. Just do it. Just do it. I, I'm, I'm, I, I ran for them. We didn't have a choice. Line up on the track. <laughs> well, Eric, I'll give you a good answer. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give you a good answer. <laughs> yeah, see, there's, there's a difference when I was coaching boys and now I'm coaching girls. <laughs> you have to talk to boys that way. Girls, you don't have to, you don't have to talk to them that way. <laughs> but I, I, I – um, I, I always, you know, to motivate my kids, especially in the wintertime, you know, I would say, hey, they would say, what kind of day is it? You know, I would say it's going to be a wood chopping day. And, and then they say, well, what kind, of, what kind of chopping are we doing? I said, we're cutting the tree, splitting it, and stacking it. So they kind of have an idea, you know, how, what type of workout we're going to have. And then in the meantime, in between time, you know, I'm, I'm telling the bad, bad jokes, and they're just kind of like laughing and giggling. Uh, so, you know, like you said, you got to keep it fun, but you got to keep it competitive and know that, you know, we're out there for a reason, and, and the reason we're out there is to get better each and every day. Uh, so th- those are some things I do. i got a lot of isms that I use, and they, and they all love them. They all know them. They say them every day. Hey, hey, hey Coach but, Warren and Coach Musa, I'll tell you what I used to do. Well, Coach uh, Richardson and I used to compete against each other. And so on those cold days and it's snowy, and, and rain, you know what I would say? Well, Coach Richardson's guys are outside, so we're going to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, Coach Rich? Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Coach Richardson, you think Coach Richardson's guys are inside and, and, you know, walking around the building? Heck no. So we're going out to practice. You know. We uh, we I, I I always I always believe going outside in the cold build character guys so we're building we're character yeah. building as well as training. <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, I want to give you guys uh, time to to just uh, you know uh, to say something to our listeners to help anyone who may be uh, struggling with a program or someone who's starting a new program or they don't mm-hmm. have a program in their state. Uh, and, and Eric, I'll start with you. What 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 is your why of why you coach high school kids, and what would you tell a, a new coach uh, mm-hmm. the reason he should get involved or she should get involved with coaching high school kids? Um, my why is always about the kids, always. Um, I'm not a big accolades person, so you know the, it's always nice to win championships and things like that. And we all have won the won them here, so. I'm just all about, you know, what can we do to get these kids to college, help them be better people, 
and all those things. So I'm a very, very big family person, so I believe coaching that way. I'm not the yeller. If I yell, it's a problem. I very rarely yell. Um, I have Coach Flood for that. Uh, but, you know, I just want the kids to be successful in life, you know, go to college for little to no debt as possible, <laughs> at least debt as possible, uh, and just set themselves yeah. up, you know, be better, be better people. So that's the reason why I coach. That's awesome. Uh, coach Russo, your why and as to why you're coaching and what would you tell a young coach or someone uh, that, that just think, uh, thinking about going into coaching? I agree a hundred percent The the, the kids are, are the main motivator for me. You know, the relationship that I build with my athletes is second to none. You know, they, they're one of, one of the best parts of my day is, you know, three o'clock and I'm a little tired. I'm, you know, long school day, but I go outside and immediately my demeanor changes. You know, I, I'm just happy around the athletes and, you know, it's just fun. It's, it's just, it's not work. There's nothing that is work about coaching cross country track and field. In my opinion, it is just so much fun. And I, I love being with the kids and uh, you know, they, they're incredible. They, they really are. Um, and for, for a young coach, you know, I have been blessed uh, to have some incredible, 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 incredible role models as coaches that, you know, helped me be successful and were willing to give me advice and, and help me along. And I, I'm confident that, you know, everyone has these people around them, you know, especially in New Jersey. I just saw something the other day saying that it might have been Coach Warren that even posted it about how New Jersey was the number one state with regards to producing high school track and field athletes in the U.S. So we have some incredible coaches here in New Jersey. You know, lean on those coaches. You know, reach out to reach out to these coaches. Don't try to do this by yourself because you'll never be able to. You got to rely on on the people that that have been around the sport for a long time. And it's not just about whether they have good teams or not. Have they been with the sport a long time? They know a lot. So reach out to some of those coaches, talk to coaches, get ideas, um, and and they will help you be a, a better coach. I can promise you that. Um, yeah, so that would be my advice to a new coach. Very good. Coach Walker? It's obvious to me these two guys, two young men, are very, very passionate, passionate about what they do, and we need coaches like you guys to stay in the sport and help young coaches and continue to help kids. So I'm very, very proud of both of you young men. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you guys for uh, for all your insight. And uh, just like Coach Rucker and I, we, we always say we learn something each time yeah. we have, we host uh, these shows, and, and I definitely learned something today. And uh, I, 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 I'm pleased to have you guys on this show, and I know – uh, you guys both say you were honored, but no, it was it was our honor and our pleasure to have you, and to know that you young coaches are doing some great things in the lives of young people, and you're making a, a point to uh, to make it your point to make them successful, and whether it is coaching them uh, through their events, and then getting them through school, and then just being a part of their lives on a daily basis and beyond uh, is another uh, aspect too that is important. Uh, I'm going to bring back. Um, Princess, to close the show out, again, guys, thanks for uh, being on the show. We really appreciate you, and we applaud you for being here tonight. Thank you, coaches. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you Thanks again, from Coach Russo and Coach Warren. It was awesome just to listen to you all um, and the dialogue that you had. Um, you guys have a great week, and um, we look forward to talking to you again after the season is over, okay? All right. Have a well. good one. Stay awesome. Warm. Coach Rucker. But yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Coach Rucker, <laughs> Coach um, Richardson, you all have a great week, too. All right. Have a good week. Yeah, thank awesome, you very much. Awesome. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Never had it so good. Look forward to We have a new show coming up um, out of Delaware. Coach um, Thomas Epps will be on Fridays at 6 p.m. That's coming up starting the late part of February. And in March, we will have a NFL agent that will start his own show here on the network. We're excited about that, Everett Scott. So, gentlemen, have a great week. Never had it so good. We'll see you all tomorrow at 7 p.m.